0: Mr. President, up here! I voted for you! Wait a minute. That guy on the grassy knoll's got a gun. He's gonna shoot the president. Holy smokes, I've gotta do something. All right, Lee. Time to become an American hero. Darkmyths.org Indianapolis Media Group proudly present to you The Lone Gunman Podcast, featuring your host, Rob Clark, where research comes to shine and myths come to die. Stay tuned, be right there.
1: folks one last time baby what's up everybody and welcome to the show this is your boy rob clark this is episode number 138 the last episode swan song for the lone gunman podcast if i can say it correctly the lone gunman podcast uh and it's been a ride man it's been a trip uh it's been real it's been awesome it's been frustrating uh But no, in all seriousness, I've had the thrill of a lifetime doing this show. And I've met some great, great people that I now call friends. Those have been afforded to me just from having this show and uh, sharing an interest in the Kennedy assassination and researching and, you know, being sane about it. (laughs) Uh, being respectful about it, um, being like minded about it, and I've had a lot of fun doing this show. You know, you haven't heard much out of me in the past couple months. I've been kind of laying low. Uh, I was frustrated there for a while with the whole technical aspect of the show. Once again, uh, you know, it's hard for you guys out there and listener land to understand uh, the technical aspects of, of doing one of these shows and, and having guests and, and, and recording and the sound and you know a million other things that go into actually making a show um, it's not as easy as just sitting down and hitting a button and you have this awesome show I wish it was um, but there's a whole lot of logistics that goes into this making a show and getting guests on and doing this sort of thing um and I was getting frustrated nothing I was trying nothing I was doing was working um and it's very very frustrating and plus I was getting burnt out on the whole JFK thing which you know if you look into the assassination long enough you will get what I call the JFK burnout <laughs> Where you just can't take in any more information. You don't want to take in any more information. You know, you've had your fill for a while. I mean, realistically, most of us out here have jobs. Uh, we have kids and family. We, you know, there's life outside the JFK assassination. Believe it or not, for some folks, most folks, some folks, I don't think there is, but. Uh, you know, for most of us out there, we do have a life outside of the JFK assassination research community. Um and every once in a while, you know, you look into this long enough, you know, you will get burnt out. Uh when it comes to processing information, um, researching things. Um, it just it, it takes a toll on you personally, mentally, physically. Um you know, if you're reading all the time and 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 you're thinking about this stuff all the time, and, you, and you, you're you're uh, having conversations about this stuff all the time, either be in person or online, or if you if you're listening to me or if I'm doing the show, um, you know, every once in a while, it normally hits me, <clears throat> um, every couple of years, like every every two or three years, it hits me. I'm just I, I can't do anymore. I just I want nothing I don't want to hear a damn thing about the JFK assassination. I I could care less. But you know, I've enjoyed doing this show and, and uh, when I first started doing the show three years ago, you know, me and Doug, my buddy over at the Dallas Action, who is killing it by the way, uh, since his return, I think of some of the best shows that he's ever done. Uh, since he's since he's been up and sponsored by Wall Street Window and Michael Swanson. And I love listening to it now. He's got a longer format, and he goes really, really deep. So if you haven't checked out Doug's show in a while, I would encourage everybody to do so. He is still doing his show. Um, he's putting out a show every other week, two episodes a month. And I definitely, definitely recommend that you check it out. Um, you know, when me and Doug... We got into this together. And for those of you who haven't been, you know, asshole deep in the archives, and uh, went back to the very, very earliest of shows, <clears throat> I'll explain why. You know, it used to be Black Op Radio was the only gig in town when you wanted to actually hear uh radio shows and information and authors uh, speak about the assassination. Well, I, I can't say the only show in town, because there was Jim Fetzer's show, The Real Deal, before it got Gary king <clears throat> Um, But as you all know by now, my opinion of Jim Fetzer has seriously seriously waned throughout the years as I believe he's reached some sort of uh insanity clause in his 70s I I don't know what it is I, I honestly don't know what his deal is uh you know my opinions range from paid disinformation to uh you know, it, just, it it doesn't even matter at this point. You know, it's it it's it is what it is, it, and it is what it was. And you know, his his shows are online. Uh, if you want to go listen to him and be brainwashed and uh, listen to the nonsense, you know, he did have the occasional good show. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. Even the do- or even the sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while. Um, but that was about it back then, you know. Um, maybe Brent Holland had, his, had a JFK show on Once in a Blue Moon. You know, but he goes into talking about werewolves and aliens and uh, vampires and shit like that a lot. So <clears throat> when, you know, me and Doug were talking as, as two people who met in a online JFK forum um, you know we we were both young guys we share a common interest in the assassination and, and, and other things music and uh, you know we got to talking and, and uh, you know we became really really good friends and we were talking about the lack you know we both like to listen to black op you know and uh, you know I think we both even had one of our questions read the same week and We were excited about that, you know, and, uh, just, you know, just just stupid stuff. But, uh, you know, we basically thought, you know, hey, it'd be really cool to do a show that it's about the assassination, but it's not like black op, you know, um, Len is, is a great guy you know we talked to him when we were first trying to start all this stuff and he you know trying to get a feeling for how things go and and uh, maybe you know get any advice that he might might want to give us um, and uh, things of this nature and you know I've I've had no problem with Len Osanic over the years and, and I consider him uh, you know a friend in the community who's done a lot uh, and contributed a lot uh, to this community, and you can't take that away from from Black Hop Radio for being there for forever. <laughs> I mean, dudes in you know in the eight hundreds in his shows, and it's crazy. It's for somebody to do that that long, that that dedicated to it. Awesome, you know, but. One thing lacking from from Black Op Radio is um I guess opinions. You know, when I when I when I listen to radio, when I want to hear a host, I don't want to just hear the bottom line. I just don't want to hear an author drone on for two hours. I'd like to be able to interact, ask questions, give opinions, have a conversation. And you know, while Lynn is great at what he does, you know, he allows his his guests to to speak um, without interruption, and that's awesome. You know, but I also like for the host to have an opinion about things to give us some insight um, about things that they've learned and gleaned over the years. Um, you know, and, and we talk to folks like Lynn. We, we talk to folks like Popeye um, from Federal Jack and down the rabbit hole who gave us some really sage advice you know because we wanted to dip our toe in the water we wanted to try this out um and at the time I don't think either one of us really knew the real dedication that it takes to do this kind of show both technically and you know logistically and literally (laughs) um you know, I've dumped a ton of hours of my life that I will never get back into this show, and I don't mind one bit because it was, it was a labor of love. You know, I didn't start doing the show, you know, to become a millionaire and retire. but Because believe me, that's not what happens, okay? And, you know, you do have expenses, and, and look, believe me, there's nothing that I appreciate more than the, than than the, than the listeners that did help me out throughout the years. Um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and name everybody by name, but you know who you are. You know, you're my friends. Uh, it's people I talk to on a regular basis. They know that I appreciate everything they do for the show. Um, you know, a couple that I will mention uh, just because they have things going on. <laughs> that I would like you know for you to support because they help support me. Uh, you know my buddy uh, John Titus over at uh, covertbookreport dot com. Uh, some really great articles all the time. Check it out CovertBookReport.com. dot uh, com. Chuck Ocelli and of course Carmine Savastano um, over at Neapolis Media Group, who's been a huge supporter. Uh, He's one of my most frequent guests on the show. He's very knowledgeable on things. Um, Of course, Chuck's over on AFR, American Freedom Radio. Um, And great guys. Nothing but love, man. You know, (laughs) I've been on Chuck's show. Carmine goes on his show all the time. Carmine will come on my show Without hesitation, if I needed a guest at the last minute, I'd be like, Carmine, dude, I need you. Come on the show. We're going to be talking about this, this, and that. You, are you cool with that? Yep. Okay, good. You know, I mean, most of the time we would plan it out. You know, but there'd be times when, hey, uh, I, can you do the show this weekend? Sure. No problem, man. I got you. Okay, cool. You know, it would work out. Of course, you know, I was able to do a show by myself. And carry the weight, no problem without a guest, which I did several times um and that's just giving you guys my opinions on what things that I've read, things that I've ran across, things that I've watched uh you know there's been a lot of stuff on the Kennedy assassination uh, come out you know this this little Lee Harvey Oswald documentary that the History Channel just ran and and then I guess they dumped it after two episodes because it was such horse shit. CIA backed bullshit. And, and you know, trying to pin it on Cuba and this and trying to say that these are brand new documents, never before seen and blah. A bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And they got called on their bullshit. And guess what? They pulled the last four episodes of the series. Now, whether or not we're going to see them, I don't know. But, uh,. Episode three never aired, so they still have three, four, five, and say that's four more episodes, supposedly, um, but I think they caught so much flack just for, you know, I'm sorry, you can't have legitimately former CIA employees who's who've been touting this, you know, Castro did it thing for years. And internal memos and internal uh, uh, publications and, and just you know it, it, there, there were whole rough Russian revelations it, it's all known it's all been known for years and they're trying to treat it like it's some kind of new revelation sorry it's it's been around for a while um, you know Oleg Nechaprenko wrote Passport to Assassination back in the early 90's and he was one of the guys that worked in the Russian um, embassy in Mexico City when Oswald supposedly went there. Um, you know all of this stuff. You know it's been out for years. It's it's really it's there's trust me, there's nothing new. There's n- for these guys to come along and think that they've got something new, brand new that they're going to lay on us. I'm sorry, but there is way too many hardcore. And I'm not one of them hardcore JFK researchers out there who who would have and already did have ran across a lot of this information. Guys like John Newman, um, you know, people that live in the archive, you know, just go. I don't know what they thought they were trying to pull, um, but you're not going to get away with that kind of stuff, especially in in the JFK research community. It's just not going to happen. Sorry. Uh, History Channel, and we all know the direction they've been going in the past few years. So, none of that is new. You know, and then last year, you know, we had the Stephen King miniseries 112263, which I thought was great from an entertainment standpoint. Uh, I really enjoyed the show uh, so much so I've recently ordered the uh, Blu ray of the entire uh, episode or the entire miniseries. Uh, and I'm watching it again. I loved it, loved it. I like James Franco. I don't know why he makes me laugh uh but some of the serious stuff I dig too um, you know, in the imagery of of the times and the cars and you know i just I just really dug it and uh, I thought it was well done I sure it didn't stick to the book. It didn't stick to factual reality historically um or what most people believe happened, in, you know, in the assassination. Um, you know, the basic premise of the of the book and the, and the miniseries is to go back and stop Lee Harvey Oswald from killing Kennedy. You know, but, and a lot of people don't believe that that's how it went. Um, you know, but it is what it is. I took it for what it is, and that's entertainment. Um, you know, there's still new books coming out. This is the year we get the archives to release the rest of the files, unless Trump stops it, which I doubt he will, since he's since he's a big conspiracy theorist at heart. Uh, I doubt Trump will block that. Um, if he does, then that just shows you guys who's really pulling the strings in Washington D.C. You know, so there is upside on the horizon. Some very exciting things coming about. You know, JFK would have been a hundred years old. How do lived live this month, at the end of the month? Um, that's crazy to think about, you know? Oswald would have been, what, 70, born in 38, 2018, maybe almost 80, I guess, then, right? Uh, I don't know. I'm horrible at math. 38, 70, I be 2008... Yeah, he'd be 80, almost 80. It's crazy. Crazy to think about, you know, and we still have these people that are alive. Ruth Payne, um, you know, and there's a guy doing a documentary on Ruth Payne. They got to interview her. Um, of course, from the clips that I've seen, um, I think he, did, he was doing a Kickstarter campaign uh, to get this documentary out, it's called the Assassination of Mrs. Payne or some something to that effect. Um, I was going to have him on the show, uh, or if I was still doing the show, I was going. He was piquing my interest enough to ask him if he would like to come on the show uh, if I was still doing it. But uh, I think the Kickstarter ran out April twenty second, um, and I'm not sure if he ever met his goal or not. Uh, I think he said if he didn't meet the goal, you know, then then this project would never see the light of the day. Which is a shame, you know. If, you know, guys like that uh, should have more support in the community. They should seek out people like me, Doug, uh, Black Op, to get the word out there to the assassination community. There's a lot of people with deep pockets who would have helped him out. Um, I believe if they would have even known about this. Um, but you know, that's not my business. You know, I would have asked him if I was still doing the show. Um, And I think he would have been a cool guest. But I think the gist of the whole thing was that, of course, Ruth Payne's not admitting to anything. You know, of course, she's confronted with the hard questions, which is good. Um, You know, like, was she a babysitter for Oswald? Was she working for the CIA? Of course, she's not going to admit any of this stuff. It's true. Um, Even now, late in life... You know like this you know we got robert oswald still alive we have marina oswald still alive we have buell Fraser still alive um we have lee harvey oswald's children rachel and june still alive we have all of his grandchildren out there still alive you know who who maybe would someday take an interest in you know, either clearing their father's name or their grandfather's name. Um, you know, we got a little bit of that from 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 Rachel and June in the mid '90s. Um, didn't really go anywhere. You know, I'm sure it's been rough a rough life for them to be the you know daughters of the accused assassin of the president. Um, that's not something you want to wear around on your electric shirt um but you know they they also need to realize that while Lee Harvey Oswald may have been convicted in the, in the eyes of in the eyes of the world um he never was convicted in a court of law and there are many 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 questions when it comes to was he actually involved did he actually do it what did he know this and that and I know if it was if it was my father that was accused of this, I would you couldn't stop me from digging and trying to clear his name. But that's just me. Maybe they want nothing to do with it, I don't know. Um. But anyway, I digress. Um <laughs> I'm getting away from the crux of what I wanted to talk about here. So anyway, me and Doug wanted to start a show together but logistically at the time it was pretty much impossible for, for us to do together um, more easy for us to do separately and to kind of do our, do our own thing and you know since we've we started doing our respective podcasts um, there have been a lot of shows pop up a lot of shows pop up okay when it comes to assassination related uh radio you know you have jfk facts and jefferson morley and his podcast and alan dale um you got the russ baker uh who what why podcast you have the rokc doing their own podcast for their forum um You know, the list goes on and on. There's a ton of choices out there for you guys to listen to when it comes to, uh, you know, assassination talk. Way more than when we first started doing this. Um, you know, this show has afforded me the opportunity to to go places to meet interesting people. Um, to make new acquaintances and friends in the community and in, in life. Um you know, when I talk to somebody like Carmine, uh, you know, it's just, it's just not about JFK. You know, we talk about life. We talk about what's going on in our lives. We talk about how we're doing. Um, you know, and and it's good to have friends like that. You know, when I talk to Doug, you know, we we might talk about, uh, some stuff, but you know, it's generally more about life and, and what's going on with, with what we have going on. Um, it's not all JFK all the time. Um, and trust me, I'm not going to disappear from the JFK community. It's just that this show, as you know it, is stopping at this point in time because it's time for it to stop. You know there there's many, many other choices out there now doing good things and sounding great and I don't need to do this show anymore I've gotten everything that was on my chest off my chest you know this show will stand in perpetuity in the Spreaker archives for I God knows how long till the server goes to shit I don't know but my, my, my archives aren't going anywhere there will always be at Spreaker as far as I know um Which means that they'll always be on iTunes. Which means that... They'll still be out there somewhere... Somehow. Um, It's just that I won't be doing... Any more new episodes of this show. You know, there's other stuff... That I'm interested in. There's other stuff in this life... That I want to research. There's other stuff in this life... That I want to talk about that interests me. And... I guess the whole JFK phase... Is, is, is passing. you know and it's not saying I'm going to give up podcasting altogether. Um, I'm trying to work and develop something new. So this is not gonna be the last time you hear from me on on the air uh, as it were. Uh, it just might be a little while um, because the next project that I do, I want to do right. I want it to be awesome. I want it to be successful, Um, and I want to take everything that I've learned these past three years and and really apply it and, you know, learn from it and make this next show something that I'm proud of, something that I would listen to, um, something to really, you know, be entertaining and because, you know... The Lone Gummon Podcast doesn't cast a very wide net it appeals to a very very small percentile of the mainstream population and it's not like I can come on this show and talk about something else that I'm interested in because this show is about the Kennedy assassination that's all it's about that's it you know, it's very narrowly focused and for me to come on here and start talking about other things would, wouldn't be fair to my loyal listeners wouldn't be fair to the JFK community because that's not what this show is about this show is about the Kennedy assassination this show is you know where research comes to shine and myths come to die this is what this show is about you know this show is not about something else um And I am a very, very rabid (coughs) consumer of podcasts. You know, most of you know out there, I drive a lot every day for my job. And I have lots of time to listen to radio, to various podcasts. And I know what I like. I know what interests me. I know what entertains me and you know i'm still getting emails from people hey man just checking on you want to make sure everything's okay that you're good how you know blah 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 you love the show wish you were back this that and the other which is awesome you know it's 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 good to know that what i did for 3 years reached so many people and that they dug it you know, that they enjoyed it. That they learned from it. And that makes me feel good. And that makes it all worth it. You know what I'm saying? It makes it all worth it. Because i you know, I started this show for very, very selfish reasons. That I had all this shit in my head. And nobody to talk to about it. So I figure, what better way than just to get on, have my own show. And just empty my brain you know, and and talk about some of this stuff, hash it out. You know, learn, get some people on here, talk about other stuff, learn some stuff. You know, I've had some v- amazing guests on this show in the in the three years that I've done. It. I've had authors on, of course. I've had filmmakers on. Uh, I've had, you know, real life Minute Men from the '60s on this show. Keith Gilbert, and Robert Taylor. Um. You know, scholars, uh, just, you, you name it, regular people that are just interested in in, in, in the Kennedy assassination that have done their own research. And that's my favorite kind of people to talk to because they're just like me. I understand them. I know where they're coming from. And if you have something to say and you have the evidence to back it up and I want to hear about it, You know, because there's lots of people out there looking into the assassination still to this day, you know, that are sitting on a ton of information that have no way to get it out to the public. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, 40% of JFK researchers don't even get online, they don't participate in forums or on Facebook, and they've just been, you know, Doing their thing for 30 or 40 years. <clears throat> you know, you run into it all the time. Um, you know, nobody had ever heard of, of Jeff, Dr. Jeffrey Caulfield until, you know, two years ago when his book on General Walker came out. He'd been researching the case for 25 years, behind the scenes, off the radar, you know, and John Armstrong was doing his stuff. That's what he was doing off the radar until he wrote a book. You know, here's the information. You know, nowadays, with the internet and and the way way that we can share information, it doesn't have to be a thousand-page book. We can drop knowledge instantly on thousands of people and get feedback. Uh, You know, and that's part of what the show was about too, you know, say, Hey, I have an idea here. Here is my idea. <clears throat> Here's why I believe this idea. Here's what I can give you to back up. Why I think about this idea. Um, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. You know, and, and one of the unique things about my show that I, still love today is that I don't care what side of the fence you're on when it comes to researching the Kennedy assassination as long as long as you go about it honestly excuse me Damn, as long as you go about it honestly and you are sane and you're able to have a conversation about it and hold up your end of the conversation with some kind of facts um about why you believe what you believe you know that I could have people on here who were lone nutters I can have a conversation with them an intelligent sane respectful conversation you know those were some of my favorite shows you know with the exception of maybe one <laughs> okay um, and I still didn't think that that was that bad it's just well I'll just let that go Um, There's another one who had a foray into the podcasting business and realized pretty much relatively quickly how hard it is and that anybody just can't do this. Either you're going to do it and stick with it or you get a couple episodes in and say, ah, this is way, way more harder than I thought. Um, Trust me, that's happened too. People think it's so easy to get on here and ramble on for an hour or to talk about a specific subject or to conduct an interview um, and do it on a weekly basis. It's not as easy as it sounds for people. Uh, you know, but anyway, <coughs> so that's that's the crux of why the show Evolved into what it was. And of course, as time went on, you know, my early shows were rough and, you know, we're still trying to figure stuff out and technically and with sound uh, and logistically with guests. And I think it evolved nicely into, you know, from me just by myself uh, going on for, you know, half an hour, an hour or whatever it was back then. You know, into a, a longer format, uh, more technologically capable, to where I could incorporate stuff from guests. And, you know, I was really digging how the show was going last year. You know, it was awesome. And then everything came crashing down, uh, you know, right back around Christmas. And, you know, I did one of the best shows I thought I'd ever done with Stu Wexler. And it broke my heart to listen to that show back because it was like catching lightning in a bottle like yeah I could have said hey Stu uh, you know you're echoing through the whole damn show we need to do it over Um, but it would not have been as good as it was you know and look trust me some of my guests I had to do the show with them two or three times because of technical difficulties stuff you never knew about but, you know, you get into a show and be like, Oh, shit, it's not recording. And we're half an hour in. I'm talking to this guy for half an hour, and I look like a gigantic Rubik's asshole. Uh, hey, can we start over again? Uh, my my uh, thing wasn't recording. You know, it looks like amateur hour at, <laughs> at the Rainbow Road. But frustrating things like that are going to happen if you do this long enough. And not much can technically go wrong like right now when I'm by myself I'm plugged directly into Spreaker and I'm speaking to you into my wired microphone uh, not much can go wrong right now but when you start involving a computer the internet, Skype Skype recorders um, this, that and the other somebody living in you know, on the other side of the world when you're trying to coordinate something to talk it's rough it's rough but I had a lot of fun doing it I wouldn't change anything I wouldn't change a thing I love doing the show Um, I loved all the the support from the listeners and and my friends you know you know who you are I don't trust me I can't even begin to sit here and, and name off everybody individually because I will end up forgetting somebody and that wouldn't be right either but You know who you are. I probably still talk to you on a regular basis. Um, Or you can find me on Facebook. You can send me an email. I try to answer all my stuff. It might take me a little while to get there. But I'll get there eventually. Um, You know, I've had people offer technical help with the show and hosting and, and this, that, and the other. and you know, it's great, it's great, man, you know, to get to a level to where you get a little bit of respect, uh, you know, for what you do, and how you compose yourself, and how you conduct your business, and, you know, when I got on, because I've never really been big into the forums, I mean, that's like for the big swinging Dick Willys, and Jim Di Eugenio's of the world, to get on there, and, you know, go balls in on you know, the forums Um, you know, I just don't I I just don't have the time to dedicate myself like that as a researcher and I, look, I got nothing but respect if you got time to do that you know, to look into this case you know, 10 hours a day and and live in the archives and, you know, just constantly research more power to you you know what I'm saying I just, I can't do that Um, you know, when I first got onto this into the Facebook groups, you know, probably five years or so ago, um, I was just a nobody with an opinion, pretty much, you know. I had a very vocal past. like, you know, if, if you're going to do this, just do it. Just anywhere anywhere you see that you can jump in, jump in. You know, I lurked for a little while in some of these groups just to see how people conducted themselves to see what they were talking about um, and then it came time to jump in um, hell I still get frustrated in some of these groups um, you know because it's cyclical you know you'll come back around to the Zapruder film the ballistics and you know arguing with people incessantly and all the little bullcrap fighting you got all the noobs coming in who think they found something so awesome and so great, and it's the hundredth and eightieth time you've seen it, and you know, on and on. And look, just today on Facebook, just today, a buddy of mine, and I've I've known this guy. I'm not gonna name him. I've known this guy for a couple years on Facebook, not not really in the JFK community, but it, it, when it comes to other stuff um other conspiracy related stuff. And he just posted today a picture. And I, I think I've mentioned it on the show before. Y'all have heard of the uh what is that, the Mandela effect, you know, where where some people remember things in history a little different than other people, you know, like the Bernstein Bears uh, being spelled S T A I N and you know like when I was growing up I could have swore that the Bernstein Bears it was always spelled S-T-E-I-N but apparently it wasn't the whole time it was the Barenstein Bears that's the Mandela effect in a nutshell okay well some people tried to apply it to the Kennedy assassination and the guy I'm talking about he posted a, a two pictures uh because according to him, in his memory of the Kennedy assassination, now he's not a JFK researcher by any means, uh, but of course he's generally interested in conspiracy stuff. So of course he's probably cursory, li- cursor, cursor. there's another word. He, he may have, you know, glanced at it uh, a few times, but he, he always says that he only remembers seeing four people in the, in the, uh, in the, in the assassination limo. You know. Uh, anybody that's looked into this case knows that that is not not at all correct. Um, you know, we have testimony from the time of Connelly of six people in the limo. Connelly and his wife, JFK and his wife and the two secret service agents in the front Kellerman and Greer six people all the time two jump seats the back seat and the front seats well this guy remembers it as two secret service guys in front and Kennedy and his wife in the back and that's it the four seat limo well he posts a picture that he found on the internet somewhere I don't know where uh of the the assassination from a view that I could best describe to you as if it were a real picture it would have had to have been taken likely from the Daltex fire escape at about the second or the third floor an unobstructed uh, close up view from the back of the limo going down Elm Street Um, to me it was obviously not a real picture from the assassination obviously to me it was from some kind of reenactment uh, TV show or movie something to that effect but even still And this is what he posted to support his argument of four people in the car. You can quite clearly see, because I understand why he might have thought that there was only four people in the limo. Because as soon as Connolly gets shot, and JFK is shot for the first time, Connolly very quickly disappears into his wife's lap. And they are laying down, pretty much, inside the limo. And you can't see them in certain parts of this Pruder film because they are laying down. And in some photos you can't see because they have already been shot. connolly has been shot and his wife pulls him down. And she goes down too. I understand why some people might confuse their memory with just, see, you know, remembering only seeing four people in the limo, but there's always been six people in the limo. You know, just things like that, that, you know, just and, and you know, he he wasn't defending his position uh, very well, um, that, you know, he was just stating, well, this is how I remember it. I finally saw a photo to where this is how I remember it. But it wasn't an accurate assassination photo, wasn't a historical, factual photo. It was from a reenactment. Um, you know, so just, even to this day, you know, you still run into this stuff. You know, Judith Baker's still putting on conferences. Still coming out with books. Ralphson K is still plying his bullshit about Jack Ruby imposters and underwear and handcuffs and this, that, and the other in the doorway. You know, Richard Hook is still espousing. James Files was behind everything and, and was a shooter on the knoll. And still to this day, you have nonsense and horseshit like this that you got to deal with on a daily basis, that you got to see on a daily basis because they're heavily po- posting this stuff around the internet, relentlessly posting this stuff around the internet. And before people like me and, and Carmine and Chuck and, uh, you know, other folks came, came along, they were doing this stuff unopposed, you know, so that people maybe new to the assassination, they would get in these groups and this is what they see. They see Ralph Sincay K. this crap. They see Richard Hook posting this crap all the time. And they think it's true. because you know it's all about photo manipulation there's no facts or, there's no evidence backing this stuff up it's all photoshops crap and lines drawn all over everything and it, it's it's just nonsense but to the untrained eye and to those maybe new to the thing who who want to believe in some kind of crazy conspiracy theory who want to believe that they've solved the case and Oswald was on the front steps and there's no way he could have been shooting if he would sit down on the front steps. It had to be him. This case is solved. You know, uh, pat me on the back and spank my ass and send me on my way. Um, you know, there was never, there was always like a, I don't know how to explain it, a, uh, like a professional courtesy or a collegiate attitude when it comes to researchers, where you didn't really want to badmouth people uh, in public or on rate on the radio about their bullshit. Um, but <laughs> I'd like to think that we changed that landscape a little bit and called into question a lot of this stuff and the myths and the misinformation it's out there concerning the case because ultimately to get to the heart of the truth of the Kennedy assassination, you have to cancel out a lot of the noise because it can be very distracting. You know, when Beverly Oliver is sitting here saying, you know, I saw Roscoe White on the on the grassy knoll. I saw Oswald in the Carousel Club. I saw, I did this. I did this. I did that. I did, shot this with the Yashica, you know, and you say, uh, wait a minute, uh, hold on, back up. Okay, if what you're saying is true, then you need to prove that you were there that day. You need to have some kind of proof of anything. Hey, other than just, hey, I, I was there. I saw this. You better believe me because I'm telling the truth. Sorry. To me, that holds zero weight. Zero weight. That's noise. It's something that can't be proven. It's some fantastical story that likes to change often and can't be corroborated by anybody. I put zero weight in Beverly Oliver. I put zero weight in Judith Baker. I put zero weight in James Files. There's a lot of things that I put zero weight in because there's just no evidence or corroborative anything to prove anything that these people were saying. Yes, they are fantastical stories. Yes, it would be great. Um, It would make a great movie. Yes, it would make a great book. You know, if, if Judith Baker would have just labeled her book as fiction (laughs) you know hey awesome book you know what i'm saying good job if she was just if she had just come out as a researcher who happened to write a fictionalized account of you know meeting lee harvey oswald and this love story that would have been fantastic um But that's not how it happened. You know, she wants to go into this fantastical love story and this, that, and the other. None of which can be corroborated or proven or is backed up by any kind of evidence or anything in the actual factual record of things. Um, you know, canceling out all this bullshit and noise is essential and key to finding the truth of what happened in the assassination. People say, well, you can't prove any of this stuff. Well, actually, that's not true. You know, people say, well, you can't trust the CIA and these documents and this and that. Well, you know what? That's not true either. Because I guarantee you, the CIA never, never, never believed for a second that any of this shit would become public record. Back then in the early 60s, they were operating with autonomous... Capacity, and were doing whatever the hell they wanted to do. They never thought that they would have to come out with their files and explain anything. And to a point, they're right. Here we are, almost 54 years later. And the CIA is still sitting on documents that they don't have to release to us as long as they are deemed prudent to national security. You know What difference does it make? 54 years ago, national security. But they can hide under that banner as long as they want to. National security purposes national security purposes and you know what you know I've often thought you know when somebody kills a president like that in broad daylight in an American city and (laughs) a lot of people have egg on their face A lot of people, you know, because 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 Oswald was doing this fair play for Castro or fair play for Cuba stuff, you know, and, and going to Mexico supposedly going to Mexico City, um, you know, supporting Castro and being a Russian defector and this and that, you know, when when it was the CIA's job to watch people like him if he wasn't working for them. Um. and here he is coming back to the United States and supposedly killing the president in broad daylight in the middle of a street in a United States town uh, under the protection of the Secret Service and, and initially getting away with it <laughs> that's the thing you know had this whole tippet thing never happened can you imagine if Lee Oswald would have supposedly gotten away with it? Or whoever shot at him got away with it? And the murder was never solved? But now, you got to think about this. The FBI. This was their turf. Okay, the CIA is not supposed to operate inside of the United States. They are supposed to be... Foreign intelligence agency, but now what they should have done is pass their information. Say, "Hey, FBI Hoover, uh, we picked up this guy, a return defector. He's got a Russian wife. Uh, you might want to watch this guy. Uh, he, you know, he's 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 doing this. He's doing that. Uh, and now it's the balls in your court, Hoover, FBI, and then this happens in Dallas." Who looks like who 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 let this guy slip through their fingers, who wasn't watching this guy um, and then suddenly now we have to save face now we have to you know come up with excuses now we have to do this now we have to do that, a lot of covering your ass, a lot of blame and you know, here we sit, 54 years later, still wondering what the hell happened. The truth. What is the truth of what happened? You know, was it Oswald? Was it? You know, I've, I've uncovered a lot of interesting tidbits on this show. And talked to a lot of interesting people. Guys like Bart Camp, um Richard Gilbride. Uh, you know, and I know those two don't like each other, but um both independently have done a lot of work on the case and important work. And ultimately We don't have to like what everybody else does. It's just, you know, we take a piece from here and a piece from there. And finally, the puzzle starts to take shape. And hopefully, eventually, we have a complete puzzle where we know all the pieces and where they fit. But we're not there yet. We know a lot more than we did 50 years ago. We know more, a lot more than we did 25 years ago. Um, but of course, all this extra information makes things all the more confusing, because um, a lot of people like to look into this case. A lot of people like to insert their opinions in this case. A lot of misinformation gets espoused, espoused in this case and becomes uh, lore and 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 supposed fact. Uh, that needs to be debunked later on and you know the guys Chuck over on his show is still doing the myth show which I think you know if you haven't heard any of the Mr. Myths, myths shows over on the Ocelli effect on American Freedom Radio you should really head over to ocelli.com and check out the archives and uh, or on YouTube just type in uh, Ocelli myths in YouTube you'll find the shows I've been on a few of them Um, it really helps to get the proper historical record on a lot of these people and give you the entire picture of of some of these folks and what you can believe from them, uh, what you shouldn't believe from them, and why you know because guys like Tosh Plumley, they can talk all day about all oh, old little support team and blah 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 you know and oh, prove it. Prove it. Show us the documents. You know, you were doing this for the CIA, okay, where's the internal memos? Where's the CIA documents? Where is it? Who was with you? Can you prove it? You know, can you prove so and so was with you? You know, we need, you need more. It's a great story, but ultimately we need more. And that's what I'm trying to get at here. A lot of people have a lot of great stories about the assassination and their supposed involvement in it. um, But without evidence and corroborative testimony and documents, it's just a story. And I don't put my faith in stories. I don't base my truth around somebody else's stories. I just can't do it. That's not being honest. And that's not... That's being lazy. Honestly, if you, if you just believe wholeheartedly in things like that without taking the time to even look or Google something, then you're, you're a lazy researcher. That's not even being a researcher. That's just being a lazy sheep. A blind sheep. And I got no time for people like that. No time whatsoever. I've done my arguing. I've wasted my time with these people. Trust me, you're not going to change their mind. You're not. Ralphson K. gets bashed on a regular basis by like three or four bloggers a day. He's been bashed on my show endlessly. He's bashed on Facebook like a freaking redheaded stepchild. And he's still... Making six posts a day on his blog spot about how it's a fake Jack Ruby. and I mean, it's just retarded how deep this stuff goes. But you're never going to change these people's minds. They're nasty. They're spiteful. They want to be right. They want to think that they've solved the case. They want to be right. And they'll manufacture evidence, supposed evidence, to prove it. They'll doctor photographs. They'll lie. They'll make shit up, and you need to realize that about you know this community. You know, I'd say 90 percent of the researchers out there have a good intention. You know, we all want the same thing. We all want the truth. Just how you get there. And being honest about it. But anyway, I've rambled enough. You know how I feel. Um, I've had a great time doing the show. Uh, I wouldn't change anything. Great friends. And it's not the last you'll hear from me. I will, you know, still do guest appearances on other people's shows. Um, you know, for... for And you have lots of choices out there now to listen to, and and to me they're all doing they're all doing good work. You know we need them all. The more the merrier. I'll you know I'll take it. We have a more much more diverse uh, listening options when it comes to excuse me uh, assassination conversation, and that's awesome. To quote Doug Campbell, awesome. Um, like I said, the more the merrier. Bring it on. You, know, you just got to choose carefully what you listen to and what you like. That's it. It's pretty simple. Um, so once again, thank you for, to everybody out there who has supported this show throughout the years. It's afforded me wondrous things, uh, much more than I deserve. And uh, I've had a blast doing the show. You know, I think my brain is finally empty. I've looked into just about everything 20 20 different ways from Sunday. And sure, I have my own conclusions. I have my suspicions. Uh, You know, and I'm sure everybody else does too. They're all based on where we're at personally and our own journey of, of research. You know, we haven't all looked into the same things for the same amount of time. Um, we're all at different places in our research, uh, you know, and where I'm at, I'm satisfied that I am pretty sure that I know what happened that day. Now, can I prove it? No. (laughs) Some of the stuff nobody's ever going to be able to prove. Um, there's just people are dead. People are dead and gone and forgotten about you know, the, the, the two things I'm going to leave you with on this show that, that I think are important and this is just my opinion or actually three things the first one being Buell Frazier you can hear me on Chuck Ocelli's show, <clears throat> talk about him, I've done other shows about him, and my feelings on him. In a nutshell, I don't think he's been completely honest with us. Uh, I think he was a scared 19-year-old kid, and I think he uh, went into self-preservation mode on November twenty-second, 1963. Which I don't blame him for, you know. If you're getting, if you're being accused of being a accomplice to murdering the president, uh, I know I would do anything to get out of it. So I don't really necessarily blame him. But this far on, it's time for the truth to come out. And there's been little indications over the years that he's lying uh, about what happened that day and. Now, if you want to know more, just go back and listen to the show that I was on. I was on uh, Chuck Ocelli. I think it was actually episode 137, the one right before this one that I posted. The Ocelli, or the Clark on Frazier on O'Celli show. It's two hours of me and Chuck talking nothing but Buell Frazier. And there's some very interesting tidbits that you people need to know about if you haven't heard about him yet. Uh, I think he's a very important figure in when it comes to figuring out the truth of what happened that day. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, the second one being uh, Larry Crayford. Why is he important? Uh, he's important for a number of reasons. Um, I think he's responsible for a lot of the alleged Oswald Ruby sightings uh, of them together. Of supposedly Oswald having Ruby's car And taking it here, there, or everywhere. I mean, he was Jack Ruby's little bitch boy. Sure, he's going to take Jack Ruby's car to the mechanic and get it fixed and uh, things of this nature. He was his boy Friday. Um, And he looked a lot like Oswald. Now, was this coincidence or was it some kind of a plan? That's where things get interesting. Um, why did Larry Crafer suddenly leave town uh, the next day? Uh, that's interesting too. And when you come to look at into Crafer's life a little bit more, and you find out that you know that he was a hitman in the early in like nineteen sixty sixty one in San Francisco, he was former army. Uh, former military in the army at the same time as general walker was in germany they were both in germany walker was the high commander general uh, of germany and propagandizing his uh... <laughs> uh the, you know the guys he's in charge of in the army with with his com communist shit um, you know it's is a coincidence that he was there and 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 all this happened and he just happened to look like Oswald and he just happened to be in the army at the same time as as, as general walker was propagandizing these these recruits um that he you know he would he was capable of killing people that that Tippit was killed uh execution style like mobster style you know three shots to the chest and one to the head to make sure. You know, and, and it's just, the list goes on and on. He's very important to look at. Can we prove it? No. Uh, he's been dead since 2011 and, uh, you know, not many researchers were were on the Crayford bandwagon. They, they didn't really put two and two together or realize how important he was. Now, the early guys, I will give credit to guys like Joaquin Jostin, who did? Uh, before the Warren Commission even came out, his book, his book came out and was blaming Larry Crayford for a lot of this stuff. Um, the HSCA couldn't find Larry Crayford because he spelled his name differently, by one letter. <laughs> you know, and it, took, it took one researcher I think managed to track Crayford down in the nineties, and actually interviewed him, and it's interesting stuff you know when you find out these little tidbits of information uh there's definitely something else to look into and I would encourage all my listeners and anybody interested in the case to do so more Buell Frazier, Larry Crayford and the last one I'm going to leave you with is the possible uh, Jack Ruby General Walker connection um you know, I was listening to to Doug's newest show, which was uh, on Ruby and Oswald knowing each other, and you know, you sit there and you hear, I'm hearing, I'm listening to the show, and I'm 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 hearing it, and you know, I'm thinking in my brain, okay, you know, well, Oswald supposedly had Ruby's car, this and that, but I'm pretty sure that was probably Larry Crayford's mistaken identity. Um you know, and then he goes to talk about the letter from General Walker to uh the Reverend Reverend uh Hargis, who he was doing the midnight ride with, and they were talking about Jack Ruby, uh, you know, dying in the hospital and leaving the hospital in a box and uh Wanting to make sure they're watching and Shield when he comes back into town to see who he's staying with and what he's doing, Um, very suspicious behavior. Something about you know after Ruby's dead, he's the only he was he's the only obstacle to prevent um, things from being blamed on 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 the right wing. Um, You know because people when people looked at Ruby, they thought okay organized crime because of the type of person that he was, but a lot of people don't know that Jack Ruby was a vehement anti-communist. He had very much right-wing anti-communist ideals. I mean, there's some even say that he was uh, informing for the House What was it? Something in the house thing on un-American activities. Um, That he was, you know, informing on that. Uh, You know, he allegedly knew Castro's gun runner. Allegedly, he went to Cuba and was trying to, to, you know, to run guns to Cuba, jeeps to Cuba. God knows what Ribby was involved in, but. He was very, very anti-communist, very much ideally in the same camp as General Walker, and then you run across testimony from, uh, you know, one of one of Walker's buddies, uh, William Duff, who stated that, you know, he had seen Ruby come to Walker's house multiple times and that they would meet behind closed doors before the assassination so it takes you down all these various roads and speculation as to what in the sam hell was going on back then um that's that's the biggest things that jump out to me that, that I've covered on the show, and of course, the important work that Bart Camp's been doing um, with the prayer man stuff and the second floor lunchroom encounter, you know it's 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 hard to argue with this stuff. you know it's right there in black and white and and what I like about what Bart does is he uses documents, he uses newspaper articles from the time he, that that you know people re- relate to these reporters. And that they put in the newspaper that this is what was said on this day to this reporter. And it gives you a very, very different picture than what the Warren Commission paints. And it's all important. It's all important. Um, you know, the guys over at ROKC are doing great work on the case. So if you want to stay up with the latest and greatest on JFK research, check out the Reopen Kennedy case forum. Greg Parker and those guys do great work over there. Um, just, you know, in really in-depth and smart research. And new stuff, like, you don't run into anywhere else. Uh, trust me, it's not the same old, same old. Uh, it's always new stuff. So check that out. Um, and just keep looking. Keep searching, you know. If it's in your heart that you really, really want to know the truth about what happened, then keep digging that's my best advice I can give you is keep digging don't take anything anybody says lightly make sure you do your own research (laughs) look into things for yourself come to your own conclusions you know just because you hear on my show or anybody's show or because Joe Smosh said this in a book Do your own research. You know, take what we give you. If I tell you, okay, look, Buell Frazier said this to the HSCA, you know, the very important piece of information that, that was relayed in that, in that episode, what does this mean? You know, can we corroborate this? Is it true? Uh, what did what did Oswald's other co-workers say about him? Really look into the testimony of the other workers in the depository. And not just the Warren Commission reports. Look at the HSCA. Look at various other interviews, newspaper interviews, other outlets. And you got to put all this stuff together. You know, because what Charles Givens told... Uh, you know the Warren Commission differs greatly from what Charles Gibbons told uh, the HSCA. You know, it's things like that. Things are very, very different. Uh, you know, when when you might have a, uh, so many years pass and you know, stand the other. It's just it is what it is, and you got to take all this stuff into consideration when you're trying to get to the truth of things. And, of course, brainstorming with your friends uh, is a great way to, to figure things out. And with people that don't think the same as you. That's why I don't mind talking to lone nutters. Because I can say, I can lay this out and say, okay, look. You know, right here, from the horse's mouth, we have Larry Crayford saying this. Okay. Tell me where I'm wrong. And I, I'll lay it out so you, okay, look, this is why I think that Larry Crayford is shot Tippet, not Oswald, and here's why. Tell me where I'm wrong. You know, then we can argue about timing, then we can argue about if Oswald could have made it down there or not by then. Then we can argue about whether two people who fit Oswald's description were seen in the theater. Then we can, you know, this, that, and the other and get there, get there, get there. But anyway, I just wanted to say what I wanted to say one last time (coughs) and leave you guys, not leave you hanging, but leave you with much appreciation and gratitude for indulging me these past three years, uh, listening to the show, supporting the show, sharing the show, uh, and just interacting with me on a personal basis and becoming my friends. You know, there's nothing greater in this life you know, we're we're only here for a short time and make the most of it. If you're gonna go into it, get into it balls deep. Make a difference. Make a contribution. You know, that nobody's made before. Make your mark. You know, I, I was a nobody, a jack hole nobody three years ago. Now, I guarantee you, it blew my mind that most, you know, people like Doug Horn and, and, you know, all these other folks that I've never even heard, you know, they know about my show. They've heard my show. They know who I am. And that's crazy to me. People that I respect and hold in a much, much higher light than, than, myself, you know. When I when they tell me, "Oh, yeah, I've heard of your show. I've heard of your show." Craziness blows my mind all the time, every time, because you know, I was just a guy sitting in his car talking into his phone for a long time, and I would get so excited when ten people would listen to my show, you know, and that grew into thousands a week listening to the show and I have nobody to thank except for you folks who took your time to listen to the show and become involved in the show and, and, and really get behind me and support what I was trying to do and I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart you know it means it means the world to me that something that I believe so much in uh, was 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 supported by by you guys Um, sure there's the haters but you know what fuck them fuck the haters let them hate you know if you don't like what I'm saying start your own goddamn podcast and come after me you know what I'm saying but you better be able to back it up Jack cause I guarantee you anything that I've ever said about anybody on this podcast negatively I can back it up 100% even in a court of law. So bring it. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, on that note, folks, this is the Swan Song. I'm out. I've had a great time. It's been an awesome ride. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, I can't thank you guys enough for supporting me and being there and listening. And you know, enjoy the archives, people. And keep listening to my friends, you know, guys like Chuck and Doug and Lynn and Alan Brent Russ Greg. All these guys have great shows. Check them out. And who knows? The next Lone Gummin Podcast S might be another podcast to rise from the ashes to take my place who knows maybe I've inspired somebody out there to get off their ass and take up the mantle you know that's all I can ever hope to do anyway people be safe love each other research hard keep digging the truth is out there somewhere catch you on the flip side people it's been a pleasure one last time this some is in the can beamed up to the satellite down directly to your ears people Since you your boy out at Farmers Insurance, we have concrete evidence that parking under an industrial cement mixer that's just asking for trouble. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
0: Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates, products not available in every state.